0: It's oh. so interesting because that you are literally you guys broke up in 90, but you are literally a few years away from the offspring happening on that label. And it's 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 just so interesting, you know, just how life works out and timing and stuff. Yeah. Yep. What What um, if if there was one show watch well, you know, what? I'll ask that. I'll ask that later. So so then you guys do break up, but then you guys end up. Coming back, and you guys came back. I want to say it was early two thousands, two thousand four.
1: What it, I guess what had happened was we we kind of like um, instead breaks up. Uh, Steve, you know, Kev moves away to Colorado. Steve and I and Bear, you know, start doing other music. Blah blah blah. I think the records the instead records became out of print based on the labels that were now didn't exist aside from what we believe on Epitaph and it, i think a resurgence of the scene you know every few years you get a new generation of kids and there was an interest in in releasing the record as a discography and so that's when dave mandel came to us and said hey what if we can collect all the records that are out of print and put them on one you know on the cds and this and that and and we thought about it. And you know, when we broke up, it wasn't like we were enemies or anything. So we all talked on a regular basis. So we, th- we thought about it. And there was also a couple unfinished songs that we kind of reminisced about too, at least Steve and I. Um, and we thought, well, that'd be kind of fun to, to finish those up and then put everything on one thing and put it out if that's what people want to have. And so that's what we did in 2004 with Indecision Records. Uh, we ended up doing that, and we were able to finish up those couple songs, two or three songs. And, um, and then when it came out, the celebration of it was, why don't you guys just play again? And, and there was all that stuff that happened in between, you know, with, in the 90s and the early 2000s of, your, like use it Today had done so many versions of reunions, and the word reunion was, was a bad word, and we thought, I don't want to be a part of that, we don't want to be like all that. But this kind of made sense a little bit more. Like, at least we were celebrating a re-release of some material where some of the bands, other bands were not. They were just, like, bored and broke or whatever. And they would just do reunions, reunions. And I felt a little bit different. Like, we had a little bit of a reason. We're we're celebrating this release. And um, so, and you know, we're still straight edge and still into hardcore. And, And there was nothing that was odd to me. Didn't feel, like...
0: And you guys got to, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys got to then go to Europe.
1: That's when we got to go to Europe. So we ended up doing, um, we ended up doing, we went back, used to play CBGBs in, in New Jersey and Boston or somewhere out there. And, uh, and then when we came home, a couple of the promoters in LA were like, well, you guys are an Orange County band, why don't you play here? You guys went out to the East Coast and did this reunion, you know, to celebrate this discography, why don't you play there? So we booked a couple of shows. At the showcase which we always played uh spankies and all that stuff so we thought oh that'd be cool let's do that we thought about doing um uh the glass house or whatever but we wanted to keep it kind of intimate um so we did that and then all of a sudden we're getting calls from europe saying hey guys you never came to europe you know and so we thought well shit, you know uh, why not right at this point why not and so we ended up doing that and that was fun finally got to go to Europe, and that was 2005 we ended up doing.
0: If there was one show, and this is kind of a, I don't know if this is a hard question or not. If I actually have two questions along this line, but if there was one show that you could sum up, that you feel sums up Instead, Instead's energy, what Instead was about, that you would want, let's say, 50 years from now, you would want other generations to see what, what show would that be in Instead's history?
1: There were so many, as you were saying that, <laughs> that, was, that were flashing through my mind. And there's not just one or two or ten, probably. But, I mean, there was some real significant shows uh, that I felt like we were really at our peak. You know, there was a show at Fenders and, and all the bands that were on the bill were from New York, aside from us. But we were mixed in with Gorilla Biscuits and Bold and Easy Today and all that. And, that was a fun show because we were friends with all of them, and we were kind of representing Southern California, and the show was in Southern California, and kids would, went bananas, and we were having a great time. That, that's one that kind of stuck out. Um, I don't, There's so many. It's hard to pinpoint one show because I, I like all of our shows for one reason or another. I mean, we did a, uh, when we went to Europe, uh, Kev got stuck in Canada, missed a flight. But we are on such a tight timeline that we had to do the first show without him in Holland. And um, we told the promoter, look, he missed his flight. Uh, he's not here tonight, but we are. We still want to do the show. Obviously, there's a ton of kids outside, so can we still do it? We decided to do a, a karaoke version of it instead, which we thought we could have been a, a total nightmare, but it ended up being one of the, if you were at that show, it was very unique. It was a one-of-a-kind situation. And, and it, we made the most of it. People had fun. They got to jump on stage and sing a song. And uh, it was a wonderful night. You
0: know? I love that that show's on YouTube. Also, like I love yeah, that, that. Like
1: it just came on. Yeah,
0: yeah. People can like if they watch this and they're like, "Oh wait, I wonder what that was like." They go back and they can find it. That's that's. I love it. I love it. So now you may not, this question may not be any easier, but I I asked Steve this: What is one song that if you were going to tell people, "Hey, this was instead," listen to this. Oof.
1: Uh, it's also hard for me. I, 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 tend to go back to, uh, feel their pain because it, it, um, not only musically, but, but lyrically, it, it touches on something that's still really important to me, which is, uh, animal rights. And, uh, so, um, that, that kind of sums up and it was also, it was on the seven inch. It was kind of the, let's say the peak of the band. Um. It's got a a hard sound to it. The lyrics are, are, you know, short to the point, you know, direct. So I I would say Feel Their Pain if if I had to show somebody one song from us. But uh, on the other hand, one of the songs at the tail end, One World, which opens up the discography, which was one of the last songs we wrote. I love that song, too. Uh, I never got a chance to, like, become something with the band because we were... We didn't. We weren't playing it live or anything, but I love the music and the lyrics to that song too because it also kind of hits home. So I can go all over the board. Living a live, live on bonds of friendship is amazing. Um,
0: it's interesting that you mentioned the directness of that because Chuck Dukowski, another bass player of obviously much merit, Black Black Flag and Flag yeah. and all that stuff, he was talking about punk at one point and he said punk is all about being direct and. Yeah. Like, that's like, I was like, that, that's such a beautiful way to sum up. Like, if you wanted to explain punk to people and then here you are, I'm trying to get you to sum up instead in one song and you say, feel their pain. And one of the reasons is because you say it's direct. I, I, I just, I was like, wow. Okay. You know, that's a nice, uh, full circle thing. Yeah. Cool. Now here's the deal. I got like five more questions. Do you have time? We've been doing this for like an hour.
1: I have time. I don't know if you get shut down by Google. Is there a maximum thing? that they I might? don't think
0: so. I think Zoom would have. Zoom does it like by 40 minute increments. I'm saying let's go because this will sort so, of, this will kind of encapsulate a, a lot because my next question so how does Lidsville happen with three of the members of Instead after Instead ends? Because okay. you, I mean... I don't know if you guys thought about this, but I'm saying Kevin was is great hardcore frontman. Even though you guys weren't playing hardcore, was that thought in your mind of like, hey, you know, we're we're people are gonna be judging for better or for worse. They're gonna judge this guy versus that guy, even though it's yeah. different styles of music.
1: Yeah, that was a um well, I mean, it's dead ended, and it was kind of like what do we, Arrow was looking around, going, what do we do? Kev knew what he was doing. He was you know making a plan to, to marry this woman and eventually you know they moved out of the state he was there during the formation of, of lidsville he was just on doing other stuff um but where steve and i and bear were just kind of sitting around going like wow it's, it's really over you know and and steve um was dating a girl who became his wife and uh this one of the neighbors was Greg Johnson and he was just some kind of nerdy guy that was in his garage writing songs and playing the guitar and whatnot. And he got to meet Steve and they decided let's do some music together. And this guy was not a guy from the hardcore scene at all. He was just a guy that was into like English pop and whatever else was happening, college rock. And so he was, um, they started jamming together and, and Larson had said, Hey, you know, if you're looking for a bass player, you know, Rich from Instead is sitting around looking for music, too. And so he brought me in. It was kind of the three of us in the very, very beginning. And then we wanted to add a fourth guitar player. And it was natural just to go, well, Bear's right there. Let's bring him in. And so it was was comforting in one sense, because three of us had played together for a long time, and we were very comfortable with each other. But it was also a a new style for us. It was something that we were not familiar with, um, especially from a songwriting stance. but Greg was the songwriter, really, and and writing the lyrics and whatnot. And until deeper into the, the history of that band is when I started writing music that style. I had to learn kind of what what how how it was. Um, but that's how it formed. It was kind of a it wasn't thought out at all. It just kind of like one thing after another led to to that.
0: You know? did, did Greg have any thoughts of like, hey, I am following this guy, Kevin, who had been in this band instead? like, Or was it just, hey, this is a totally different music, totally different scene, yeah. not even in a thought I think oblivious
1: to the fact. He didn't, I don't even think he understood the hardcore scene. So he just knew like, hey, this guy was in was in a band that made records, and he plays drums pretty good, So and he lives right next door here. So he started jamming, and then it's like, bring in this guy, bring in that guy. Okay, well, they, they obviously and made records and know how to play their instruments and let's get them and he didn't Greg I don't think he had resources at the time he just wanted to write songs and so it just was easy to plug the three of us in pretty quickly and, and um we played his songs
0: you know you know you you talked about um some of the differences and styles of like writing that music what um like and just I mean you know this is this could be a whole interview in itself but it, like what really struck you as different in playing in this new scene as opposed to playing in the hardcore scene? Like what were some things that you were like going into and maybe you know you're you know cuz you're still in your mind that you know you're the same person. So you're like, you know, you have these ethos and this idea of of what playing should be like. What were some things that when you first started playing with Lizville that you were like, "Oh, okay, so that's how it's done in sure. this scene."
1: Yeah, uh, it was definitely a separation of this is not a hardcore scene and the and the the ethics and the, all that stuff that surrounded that scene I'm now outside of it into this it, i don't even know if there is a scene it's just a band that's a rock band so whereas there's the hardcore is definitely has a scene this is just something that we're doing but I knew that it needed to be separate as far as like What is he singing about? I have no idea. It's not a message. It's not a thing that we had back then. And the songs aren't aggressive and and based on anger, they're just trying to be creative. So it's like, okay, this is very new, very fresh. You know, it feels like an upgrade musically. Like, wow, I got to kind of learn to I got to learn how to read music or whatever it is at the time. You know, I'm like, so it was it was I like that, too, because it was there was it was new.